Welcome to Soberly Ever After, the podcast that inspires you to live your own happy ever after by embracing sobriety. I'm Jenna and my co-host is Leslie and each week we'll be sharing our journeys, interviewing others and exploring the reasons why a sober life is a better life. My name is Jenna. I am a Portland, Oregon native. I went to school at the University of Oregon and then to Portland State. I studied journalism and psychology. After that, I fled to Los Angeles and I loved it there and I pursued acting. I also have lived in the greater Seattle area. I have had a hundred jobs since going to school and I'm currently flying the skies. I am currently single. Sobriety is very important to me. It took me a while to get here, and I've been sober since October 15th, 2020. As far as my history with drinking, I initially was not someone who was interested in partaking in that sort of thing. In high school, I was the only person in my friendship circle who did not want to go out and drink. However, as life should have it, I fell madly in love with someone senior year, and in hindsight, I realized that he was already addicted to alcohol. This was my first and longest relationship that I've ever had, and over time, it deeply affected me. At first, I did not want to drink every night, but eventually I gave in. And once that relationship was over, I believe that my brain chemistry was changed. So I continued drinking over time and it hurt me in the long run and eventually led to the reason why I became sober. I am Leslie. <laughs> I am from the Pacific Northwest. I am a mother of four and a wife. I currently own a, sm- a small salon and I um, also run a nonprofit. And I stopped drinking on October 15, 2010. And I stopped drinking because someone that I love dearly has a issue with alcohol. As far as my history with drinking, um, I don't have an issue or a um, problem with alcohol. In fact, it was very simple for me to not drink anymore because somebody I do love drinks and drinks to excess. By stopping drinking, I also wanted to be that good role model for my children because I wanted them to know that you can still have a lot of fun without the component of alcohol in certain situations. And I wanted them to know that kind of like the tricks of the trade, if they're ever in a situation that they can still be in these situations and not have to drink Um, and giving them the tools in order to still fit in, but also having a good time. And honestly, I always say this is I don't need to drink because I'm naturally crazy. So Leslie, since we are both coming from slightly two different perspectives. I am curious if you ever got drunk and if you ever enjoyed drinking. Well, Jenna, (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I actually, um, did drink and I did get drunk 
probably many times. Um, there were a couple of things um, where I really did not like the way I felt the next day. And um, my husband will even tell you that after those nights and when, you know, the people will say, oh, like, God, just get me through this night. I will never do it again. He goes, you're the only person I know that actually meant it. Like, and I, and I, and I didn't quit a day after drinking. It wasn't even something like that. I don't even think the day I quit drinking was a day I, I had anything. Sometimes I do miss having maybe a Hefeweizen or a blue moon on a hot summer day, but I don't miss it enough to actually do it. That's so awesome. And I'm really glad that everyone listening to this podcast is going to hear that perspective because it's really refreshing to hear someone that didn't have some crazy rock bottom, but just it's awesome that you realized early on that you wanted to eliminate it for yourself and for the people you love. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say the same. Jenna, when you were like in this process of like trying to quit, did, were there ever a day where you thought I could just have this one and and then try to control it before you actually did just stop? Did you ever play those mind games with yourself? This actually really breaks my heart um, to say out loud, but that game, so-called game was happening, gosh, for 15 years, maybe, um, or maybe 10, I'm not sure. It was a really long time of trying to, what we call moderate, um, trying to tell myself, I'm not going to do it tonight and then get to the evening and something switches and you just that desire or that need um it blinds you from what you felt earlier in the day or saying i'm just going to have one that happened a million times for me and once you have one as everyone knows that struggles it's it it changes the chemistry in your brain and it allows you to be less inhibited and to go for the second and then the more that you have the more you're a the more you're able to have more so it's a I feel that it is a game you can never win it is a goal that you can never accomplish if you have a problem I think what's really great about hearing this and doing this podcast with you is it gives me insight to maybe the feelings that my loved one is struggling with, like this internal battle of playing these games. Cause I wonder if this person in my life does that or, or doesn't. Right. But I think hearing it from you, I, I wonder if, um, because to me, it's such a simple, just stop when I need somebody like you to show me, it's not that easy. I once was in your shoes and during my first relationship, and I thought it was an easy stop too. And I wanted him to stop and I didn't want to drink. Um, but there is a switch that happens, I think, with people. And I think a huge thing that I'd like to highlight is that if you're not careful, this can happen to anyone. Um, something my ex used to say to me when we were in our relationship and much younger 
was that I had nothing to worry about because it wasn't in my genetics. His family, um, someone, in, someone in his family had an addiction to alcohol. And so he would say, um, that's the reason that he has an addiction, but that I would have nothing to worry about. So as he tried to encourage me to drink every night with him, he would also say, you have nothing to worry about. And I think the message here is that every person has something to worry about if they allow themselves to go down that path. Because I believe that there's a point that you can meet where there, there essentially is no return. And the only thing you can do is stop. You never know that moment when you're like standing or like sitting on top of a fence and you're dangling both legs on each side. Like which side are you going to jump over to? Because that fence is so high that you might not be able to come back. You can still have so much fun in your life and probably better quality fun and not have to like have the, you know, the aftermath of a night out because you were doing it sober. I completely agree. And I think that I think one of the main messages that I would like to get across throughout this podcast is that it is so much better to just never go there. I know that I had a lot of fun back when I drank. I also had a lot of terrible, terrible times. But I want to say that I know that you can have fun and I know that it can feel fun, but that in the long run, it's just not worth it. But at, at, there's a point in our life. We all have a choice and where you want to go. Like, and then there's a point when you jump over and you kind of don't have a choice. It's a lot harder, you know, you might yeah. somebody's support to get you back over the fence. I think what's going on here is that there's a movement. There's a, sober movement happening. And I think it's similar to cigarettes. I think drinking is the new cigarette. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can help young people possibly see that, like you've said about the fence, instead of placing yourself in a position where you might end up in trouble or you might one day become addicted um, to not even put yourself in that position. Okay, Jenna, after you stopped drinking, what are some of the benefits that you saw in your life? What were some of the great things that happened to you since then? I would say the greatest benefit to quitting drinking is alleviating and taking away the massive amount of guilt that I carried with me every single day. Because for me personally, and I'm thinking a lot of people might be able to relate, I knew deep down that it was so unhealthy. I was scared of what it was doing to my body. And all of the negative things that it brought to my life, I felt so awful about, but I felt out of control. And I felt like I felt like I was in chains. I felt like I was sort of in a prison. And it is energy-wise um, so freeing to not feel like 
you are constantly battling this, you know, you're not in a mental game of should I or shouldn't I? I'm not constantly thinking about the next drink I'm going to order. I'm not constantly thinking about wanting to go to the store and buy more. I'm not constantly thinking, I feel so bad about this deep down, but I can't do anything about it. To be free of that constant battle is priceless. Oh, it's such a terrible life to continuously live. It's so awful. I wouldn't wish it, obviously. I mean, that's stupid to say. I hate when people say that. Like, of course, I wouldn't wish it for anyone. It's the worst. And I think that's the best part is that you can wake up and you can feel good knowing that you did what was right for your body, for your mind, for everything. Like, you actually have a chance at enjoying life fully because it's not constantly clouded by one single thing that's bringing you down. You think it's helping you and you're, you're, you literally get used to feeling bad. And it's the weirdest thing that we're going through as a society. And what we've been going through is, is whenever you're addicted to something, it's doing you so much harm and yet you can't let go of it. And that is, it's hard to wrap my mind around still. Why, why do we get stuck in these things that feel so awful and yet we can't do anything about it? Like that is addiction. Well, let me ask you this that goes with that is, you know, you were drinking to cope with some of those things. Now that you're not drinking, how do you cope with those things? Or are those things not as bad as you once imagined them being? Like, how how does that work for you? Um, I would say for me, I'm a huge thinker, feeler. Um, I think a lot. I feel a lot of emotions. I'm not really sure where it came from because my immediate family isn't the same way. So for me, drinking um, numbed all of that a lot. And it helped me go to bed at night, which at nighttime, I feel like emotions and thinking um, escalate. It's just a gradual process of facing your fears, facing, facing all of your feelings, facing all of your thoughts, going through the emotions, crying, feeling upset, You have to sit with it. You have to sit with yourself and your feelings and just let it pass. And it's, I know that that sounds really simple and cliche, but that's what you do. And there are a lot of ways you can help yourself, um, meditating, going for a walk, all of that stuff. But it's really just the acceptance of I'm not going to allow myself to do something anymore that's the easy way. I'm going to do it the harder way. But in return, I'm going to benefit exponentially. I actually feel like I'm one of those people, there's a term for it, functional. So I don't call myself an alcoholic, but if I were to, I think you call it a functional alcoholic. So I was a funk, I would say for myself, I functioned with my addiction pretty well. So I still felt a lot. I still talked a lot. I had relationships. I actually had 
relationships while drinking more than I have so far being sober. Um, I've been single since becoming sober. So I was able to have jobs um, and I was able to love to a very great degree while drinking. Where I'm on the opposite end of being um, near somebody who is a drinker and feeling almost the opposite of um, like, yeah, there's a relationship um, and probably many in this person's lives, but um, I'm thinking the quality of it could not nearly be as great as it could be if they weren't drinking. I mean, I know this is a huge question to ask and probably something you can't answer in just one moment or one podcast, but, but what do you think is missing because of their drinking? I feel like when I do have the opportunity to hang out with this person, I really only have maybe an hour before they start drinking that I only see the real person for about an hour. And then after that, things change. And then I no longer want to hang out with this person anymore. And it feels like, you know, whatever this person is like dealing with by drinking, there's no way it could be better than just dealing with it and having a better relationship with the people around him. And during that hour that you have with the person, is it enjoyable? Do you think that that person is happy during that hour? Have they even started drinking during that hour? No, that's the, that's like the, the, the free hour of like seeing the person that I used to know before they changed into something they are now. So do you have fun during that hour? You know, it's hard to say that I'm having fun because I know that it's limited. Aww. It's short-lived. Yeah. And then you tend to like not want to extend your time to that person any longer because um, they're not really there. Yeah. And when they are, even in that that state, everything's skewed. Everything's different. Everything from the look on their face to how they react to how um, like either aggressive or confrontational, like everything's a little different. And, you know, when you mention this to people who drink like, Oh, they change, they don't believe it. Like, like we go, like we'll go camping and there's like, you know, people drink. I don't care if people drink, that's their own choice. Right. The only thing I can control is what I do in the presence of that. So when we're camping and people are drinking, yeah, the first beer or two is, that's fine. But there's a point when everyone's around the fire and then you see, you know, people going for more and then you see personalities change and then you see them being, you know, doing things that they wouldn't do if they were sober and things that may aren't, may not be safe. That's the point where me where I would say, Hey, I'm going to go check on the kids or I'm going to go um, wash my hands in the bathroom or whatever. Right. Like, I excuse myself from the situation. It's to the point now, those people now go, Oh, you're not coming back. I'm like, I'm not coming back because I can't tell them to stop. And I don't want anybody to do anything that they aren't going to do naturally on their own, but I can remove myself from that situation 
and do something that would actually put happiness in my own bank because I'm not going to be getting it there. And I can't applaud you enough because you could have made a different choice. Um, One that I made when I was much younger, which is you could be joining your loved one and just it is an alternate reality. It's, you know, you could think of it as like if someone were high and they're completely in a different reality. And we think of, you know, oftentimes we think of actual, like what we refer to as drugs um, differently than alcohol, but we have to face that alcohol, as corny as it sounds, alcohol is a drug and it does take you to a different reality. And so I applaud you for, um, for not joining because in a way, you know, it would be much easier if you were in the same reality, but you're choosing to stay in the one that you know is the healthiest and that's the best that you can do in the situation that you're in. And I don't want to put the pressure on people to not do those things around me. I want them to make those decisions on their own. Right. Like, yes, I want to be a good example. If somebody doesn't want to drink, they don't have to feel like they have to because they're around people that do. Thank you for joining us on Soberly Ever After. We hope the podcast gives you support and a place of no judgment to listen to our stories and to share yours with us. Until next time, a sober life is a better life.